Hello, and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Heroku in the Wild series. Welcome to Codish. This is Greg Noakes, uh, product manager with Salesforce. I'm joined today by Dan Melman, a director of technical architecture for Salesforce. Mike Rose, another director of technical architecture for Salesforce. And Jack Ziesing, a technical architect with Salesforce. Today, we're also joined by Nick, who wrote Bernie Sits. And if you're not aware of what Bernie Sits is, it is a website where you can put the very meme-worthy photo of Bernie Sanders sitting with his mittens on a folding chair at the inauguration anywhere in the world using the Google Maps API. It's created by Nick and scaled by Nick with some assistance from some folks at Heroku. And today we're here to talk about how that went, how Nick came up with the idea for Bernie Sits, and how he approached scaling it and just generally have a quick roundtable. I was on a train on my way home and a friend sent me a picture of Bernie Sanders sitting on the New York subway. And I thought it was hilarious. And I was in a fantastic mood from all the jokes about Bernie that I had seen so far on Twitter, though it did seem like a slowly growing meme on Twitter of Bernie Sanders just sitting down And I thought it was really, really funny. And so I wanted to create some just funny memes of him sitting like in front of my friend's house. And I didn't want to put in the effort to like Photoshop Bernie into like and find an image of the house and then do that for the next person. But I still wanted to like make these jokes to my friends. And I figured it would just be like a quick and easy command line tool to just like put Bernie in the image and save a file. I got like a good response from my friends when I sent it to them. They were like, they were laughing. And so I was like, oh, maybe like one of them would want to use it. And so I used Heroku to put it online. So so Nick, just to be clear about this, this is all happening Wednesday afternoon. Yes, I think it's like, it's Wednesday night by now. It's like five or six, just starting to get dark. I'm coming home for the day. And yeah, it was not a lot of time to actually make the thing because, you know, the whole the whole app at the end of the day was like maybe 50, 60 lines of, of Python code that I wrote, maybe a bit more now. And the point of it was to like to be like efficient just for, for my own meme creation. And it was like literally just for friends. And I was just trying to like make some jokes and like, you know, just do like a quick coding exercise because why not? The semester starts next week. You know, I want to get into the groove. And, and that was basically, that was basically it. And I just, I just, my friends seemed to like it. And so I also sent it to the group chat of my classmates. Uh, and a few of them also like, I think seemed to like it. And just because like, Hey, look, this is online publicly, might as well tweet about it. You never know. And so I tweeted about it. And then I like shut my laptop and like, just like hung out for a bit. And then I checked Twitter again and I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, a hundred likes like that's so cool i haven't done that before like damn and then like 15 minutes later it was like wait it's a thousand now it's two thousand now uh i think i like called my mom to be like uh 
there might be some like crazy stuff happening tonight. But if you if you know who Bernie Sanders, she knows who Bernie Sanders is. But like, oh, if you know about this, like, I made a website. I don't know. And she's like, okay, like, let me know if you need anything. And then that was it. You might need a little more money for tuition this semester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On- <laughs> but yeah, so then I go home and I open my laptop and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I I don't know, like, I did not expect this. And now I don't know what is going to happen, but I just need to run with it and work the problem and just like see what's up because like my immediate first thought was oh no i'm on a free dino what whoa god like that was my first thought and then i was like all right let's scale but at the same time i was like oh my gosh like am i am i going twitter famous right now and i was kind of like it, it was it was really good that there were these engineering problems to deal with because it limited how much I could indulge my own ego by like scrolling through twitter <laughs> <laughs> I scaled pretty quickly and I think I tweeted like a tweet that like in hindsight, like is so funny that you all liked, but it was a tweet where I was uh, to put it in an appropriate manner. Oh my gosh. How do I scale a Heroku app? Uh, (laughs) And that, and that's the PG version of the tweet. And then Jack and Dan got in contact with me. I think I actually thought Dan was a scammer. And pretending to be someone who wasn't originally, I said, I was like, do you have any proof that you are who you say you are? And I think my reply was, do you want to see my paycheck? Um. <laughs> nice. I did not expect anyone from like a real tech company to see this. <laughs> you should, you should always, the internet is, the internet is forever. And it is, you were, you were tweeting on the real internet. So we're definitely going to be paying attention. Yeah, that's true. It's a good lesson, but I mean, it kind of worked out. Like I heard you guys thought it was funny. It was hilarious. Well, so the sequence on the, on the Salesforce and Heroku side was at, and I'm, I'm literally looking at the tweets at, at this moment. It was you tweeted that at 9.27 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. I, in turn, got a message from Paul Ford, who's a, who works at Postlight and is a, a neighborhood a friend and a neighborhood acquaintance. He knows I work at Salesforce and he knows Salesforce owns Heroku. So he, he saw your tweet and said, gosh, who do I know who could maybe put Nick in touch with someone who could actually help him? And so I then jumped into our team Slack and said, hey, Anybody who's up and is available and is willing to engage with this guy, he could use some help. So that's when Dan reached out. I basically saw the Slack thread and said, hey, happy to help out. Um, and so Dan put me in touch with uh, with Nick via email. And I was sort of sitting by the fireplace watching some inauguration stuff with, with, with my dad. And um, we were just celebrating. And uh, I sent over a Google, a Google Meet. And I was like, hey, maybe he'll join. Maybe he won't. And I sort of had it open. And all of a sudden Nick joined the, the Google meet and I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, look through for my dad. I was like, it, it's him. I'm going to, I'm going to go help him. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I never thought I would have like a fan reaction like that. Jack. I'm honored. Uh, so my side of that story is as soon as you emailed me, I was like overjoyed, thrilled. I was like, Oh my God, I can talk to an, I can talk to someone about this. Like, this is going to be good. But the thing is I was like in a very intensely stressful period uh, at that time, because my brain was trying to process the number of people that were like looking at this and the potential for it to grow, though at this point, it was not like news viral, it was Twitter viral. So I think that's an important point where overnight, it changed from Twitter viral to like, 
whatever it became. Like, you know, I started, I didn't get like news requests until like three, four, five in the morning. Um, but what was going on was Jack, you emailed me. I was really, really thrilled. But like right at that moment, people started sending pictures where it was like Bernie in front of a Google Maps error message, which was first of all, like one of the funniest, like I thought that was the funniest. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. I, I remember seeing it go down and I was like, oh shoot, it went down. Like we should help him out. And then I got on the call with you and you shared the app with me and we spent about 10 minutes fixing something and, and you did some magic and I did some magic um, and you allowed some access so that I could see some insights on your application. And then it was back up and running. And I think uh, we opened up a beer and, and said cheers. And then you continued on to enjoy this spotlight that you got for the next <laughs> week and more. It was also really awesome because there were like two simultaneous problems that had to be solved at the same time. Like there was no blocking because even though like the site was like doing this weird thing, even though it was such a simple, I think like because it was so simple, it didn't like crash the whole thing, right? So Jack was able to do the scaling stuff and I was able to do the like, URL signing stuff in order to get Google to trust me again and like let me keep using maps like because they, they were just getting too many requests so I had to start using some authentication and stuff uh, and I and that was like such an awesome like engineering moment for me like it felt like something out of a like a movie or or Silicon Valley or something like it was uh, in hindsight it was a blast at the time I was like kind of like on like a different plane just like saying things and responding to things and just like it was all like just my brain doing things because i was just so overwhelmed but like in hindsight it was like such an awesome moment to scale and then i just like kept staying up and and then the really really good part was thanks to jack's help i was able to like not worry about scaling consistently throughout the entire time and i think it helped make the app more popular because that meant that i could like take press requests and stuff without worrying about the site going down and like more and more people were able to start learning about it and like that key zoom call or google meets with uh with jack was kind of like when it changed from a fun little website and then oh shoot it went down and that was a oh look you went kind of viral on twitter but because of jack uh and dan getting involved it became like the you know, I don't want to be presumptuous, but it became kind of more of a phenomenon than like just a Twitter meme. And it was like just an incredible, incredible night. Like I'll remember it for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, actually, I think we will too. So <laughs> going from zero to web scale in a matter of hours, that wasn't part of the plan? No, <laughs> not at all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was just, the the plan was, oh, that was a fun little coding project. Maybe I can put it on my GitHub and like some people will be like, oh, look, this guy like knows how to write Python. That's cool. And then that would have been that. And it was just like a silly little app because I, I know I'm going to be using a lot of Python this semester. So what was the biggest moment? So there are three moments throughout the night or throughout, it wasn't, it was like three or four days that like really made this something like awesome to me. Uh, the first was when, y'all reached out to me and I was like, oh my gosh, like engineering community helping me out. Yes. And then the second thing was a little bit later in the night, my favorite YouTuber ever, who I've been watching since I was like 15 years old, Casey Neistat, huge inspiration because his whole thing is just make things, you know, you want to make something, don't think about making something for so long, make something and put it online and then make it better and just make things and show them to people. And then he 
retweeted it with like a clapping emoji. And I like, that was my like, oh my gosh, like fanboy moment kind of thing. Uh, and then I like wrote like a reply, like thanking him for like telling people to make things. And he replied saying like, he liked the site and stuff. So that was the first really awesome moment. And then the second really awesome moment was when I was like, like in the very early hours of the morning when I was like still dealing with like, you know, scaling, but I was a little bit less stressed about it because y'all had given me such amazing tips and like, uh, I had set up the crowdfunding and so I felt really comfortable about pushing this thing forward because people were being incredibly generous and like, it was awesome. And then suddenly I get like 30 different texts at once being like, is this you in the New York times? And then <laughs> immediately the site goes down immediately. But the good thing is I was able to like, unlike, you know, some other experiences I've had with having to scale things like, on a much more like smaller level, like I, all I had to do was just like open up Heroku and increase the number of machines. And then that immediately brought it online again. And then I was able to start refining it to make sure that it was efficient. And like, you know, uh, Jack was a huge, huge help in, in doing that as well. But it was awesome because I was able to like, like, thank you, New York times for letting me like learn the subtleties of, of scaling. And then, and then the final moment was like a few days later after I, uh, had finally like gotten some sleep and gotten some like peace and just some time, like just like a single conversation with like some friends that had nothing to do with any of this stuff that was happening. But it, like we talked about like, like star Wars or something. And it like really brought me down to earth and like, let me just process everything. And I got in the elevator and then like the scale of this thing just like washes over me you know, my heart starts pounding and like, I'm, I'm doing a little like happy triumphant dance in the elevator all by myself. Like, whoa, like what just happened? And I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like just saying it alone in the elevator, like, you know, just like the rush of just like scale and volume and feeling in my brain. It was like, I felt like I was going to pass out. Like my heart was beating so fast. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go grocery shopping right now. Like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to like look at groceries? Uh, and, uh, and I texted my brother, who's about to be a med student. He was like, all right, you're going to be okay. Here's how you can go grocery shopping. And like, and he was like really kind and helped me out. And it was like, just like such a moment for me. And like, you know, the, the craziest like 30 seconds of feeling I've ever had in my life. It was just like incredible and like humbling as a former new yorker and, and actually mike is there now but you know seeing your name in the new york times or being on new york one i mean these are things that are just you know unimaginable you've you've made it in the city that never sleeps it sounds like you weren't sleeping very much yourself <laughs> no i was not <laughs> yeah the new york times like this is the thing that made me really happy is when the new york times was like nick sonny a software engineer from New York. I was like, yes, this is all the things that I want. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, just like the next day I was, because the site was stable, I was able to deal with, you know, there were, there was a lot of press requests. I, I woke up in the morning or I didn't wake up. I went out to get like coffee and air. And, um, you know, the, my barista was like, are you okay, man? Are you a bit tired? I'm like, Oh, well, so, I made this website and it's like on the internet now and like people are liking it and I'm going on Irish radio in a little bit. So I wanted to get coffee so that I'm like coherent. <laughs> and, uh, and this woman behind me is like, excuse me, what are you internet famous? And I like 
pull up the and she like I'm like oh yeah it's like not a big deal like it's fine I'm like not trying to like draw attention to myself and she was like no show me show me and like so I pulled out the website on my phone and put Bernie in front of the coffee shop that we were standing in front of um <laughs> and it was and she was like oh my god like that was awesome like and, and like that was a really fun little moment to like start the day and just like you know I tried to respond to as many people on Twitter and email as I could because I had a lot of people like asking me hey can you like put Bernie in this picture for me I and like it was a lot of people who like didn't necessarily understand how the site worked and who were like a little bit less in the world of technology but it was really awesome because they still wanted to use the site and keep it going and so I ended up like custom making some Bernie memes for a few people and tonight um some friends and I are going to be like you know just sitting around and adding Bernie to various images that people have requested us to do. One of the things I kind of wanted to touch on though, was you were talking about that YouTuber that, that was an inspiration for you. And one of the things that you brought up was that, you know, build something, put it out there, see what happens. And to me, you know, I've been around Heroku for, for a while and that's kind of one of the core values of a platform like Heroku, make it super easy to get stuff out there and, and experiment. And then when you do accidentally go viral, give you the ability to scale as well. Yeah. And I think additionally, like, so once it went viral, right, Heroku was really, really easy to use and scale, but I don't think it would have gone viral if I'd had to go through like a longer cloud deployment process, because I think the reason it went viral was the timeliness, right? Like the picture was from the morning that the site went out. And it was a, it was like a meme that was not, it was like just part of all the other stuff going on on Twitter, but not like, you know, this huge thing yet. And so I, it was like, you know, one of those like strike while the iron is hot moments in hindsight, I guess. But, you know, if I had to, if I had to do like this long cloud deployment process instead of like make a new project on Heroku and get push, like, I don't think the site would have been able to actually like get the traction. I think the timeliness was everything. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of comments being like, oh my gosh, the internet moves so fast. And I was like, the internet moves fast? Don't you mean I move fast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, just the timeline of this, right? You had an idea and what, in a couple hours, you had it online and going viral. Yeah, yeah, it was, I think it was about making the terminal app was like maybe half an hour. And it was mostly just like, you know, setting up like the very simple flask boilerplate. And also like a lot, most of the, like most of that was also just like, I need to remember how to use like the front end templates and stuff again. Uh, and then it was like another half hour of like testing and debugging, um, which I'm so glad that I did because if I had just been like, <laughs> whatever, if there are some bugs, like my friends will show me. I don't know why I had this moment where I was just like, no, you should test this thing just, just in case, you know, it's, it's good. It's good habit anyways. And thanks to that, like the site did not bug out or go down for like any reason that didn't come out of the fact that it was popular, right? Like, like rate limits and API requests and stuff like that. And it left me the time to like, you know, implement things on the fly. And the other thing that was cool about Heroku was like, when I implemented things on the fly, immediately, like Twitter was like, Oh, yeah, it's back. Thank you. Uh, and like, <laughs> and because of like the virality, I was able to check to see if the site was actually working by looking at my recent quote tweets, because there would either be a picture of Bernie or there would be recent comments being like, oh, it's not working for me. Can you fix it, please? So there was like this like 
real-time feedback element because of the social media attention. Nothing like a quality, high-speed, low-latency feedback loop. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this is the thing. Like, Twitter is kind of that in this case. Like, it was way, way faster because I just needed to, like, look. I didn't even need to, like, log into Twitter. I would just need to, like, look at my phone. And I would just see the notifications coming in. And it was a really good way to, like, vibe out what was going on in the and the whole situation. So it was, it was really cool. You know, from, from my standpoint, you know, just to go on Facebook that evening and all throughout that weekend and just see picture after picture that, you know, were you responsible for every Bernie picture on the internet? It may have seemed like it, you weren't responsible for every one of them though, but you were, you were responsible for quite a few. Yeah, it was wild. It was like my, I had a teacher, uh, an old teacher from high school, Miss Wynn, my AP environmental science teacher, she reached out to me to tell her that her eccentric aunt, to use her words for it, like told her about the app and she was like, oh my gosh, that's like, I, I taught that kid back in the day. And it's like, I have, I've had those stories from a whole bunch of old teachers of mine. And like, it's been cool because like all these people I haven't talked to in a long time, especially because, you know, the pandemic kind of pulled in a lot of our social spheres. And it was like this moment of like, or this, these series of like moments of reconnection uh, with all these people that I like, used to be friends with or colleagues with. And that's been really awesome. You didn't just make your world smaller, though. You made the whole world smaller. We were all we were all using this thing. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was humbling. Like, that's all I can really the volume of it. It's like awe inspiring. I don't know what like, you know, 24 million impressions like means on a human scale. My brain can't comprehend that. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's cool because it's uh it's, you know, some people go viral in all different sorts of ways, but, you know, I heard it spoken internally and, and from some of our higher execs, but it was, it was, you know, you really brought happiness to the internet that day. Props to you for going viral in the best way possible. Wow. Thanks. I should just come on this podcast all the time and just like, let you guys compliment me. <laughs> Every time you go web scale, you're welcome back. Absolutely. Well, and that, that actually was my question. Cause you know, you, you've had this amazing you know, elevator epiphany of, and I, and I liked how, how Dan put it is once you make it in the big city, you know, that's, you've, you've done that. Um, but you haven't peaked. We all have confidence that you're going to go on to do amazing things too. So, so you're starting the semester. What's next? What do you, what is percolating in your head of what would be a fun project or something that you'd like to build out and see if people enjoy it? Yeah. So this is something that I've been really thinking about. First of all, you know, I'm still in school and it's the first week of the semester coming up. And so I definitely like will be doing my homework going forward. Right. (laughs) Uh, But also like I, I turned the site, I put the site open source and it's been like, this is my first time, you know, being the maintainer on an open source project uh, that actually gets attention. So I'm like, first I'm trying to learn how to get really like get better at open source. And there's been a whole community of people that have kind of taken me under their wing and started you know, helping me like do that. And now that things are kind of slowing down, I hopefully can put some more time into that. Um, And also I want to, I'm, I'm making a YouTube channel where I can like share the story and like put my other work out there because I've done a lot of research and stuff that I think is, you know, like this app was awesome, but there are some things that I would love like more people to know about from my, from my research in, in undergrad for my thesis and stuff. And then uh, the final thing I want to be doing is developing tools that I think would have helped me uh, so that next time, you know, someone else makes a website that goes viral like this, they ha- might have some tools that let them focus on like 
the really fun aspects of it, right? Like for me, the fun aspects of it were scaling and like the engineering problems associated with that, you know, the frantic nature of having to push updates in real time while getting feedback from a bunch of people, all of these things. And like, just kind of enjoying like going viral on Twitter, you know, and my hope is to kind of create some publicly available tools, which allow people to monitor API costs and other like costs associated with an app and compare that to crowdfunding revenue in real time in order to like decide when to pull the site's functionality and replace with like, you know, some, Hey, the site's down, but we can be back up if you want to crowdfund it and like just create some tools that let people do this again in the future and maybe like have an easier time with it. That's like, you know, it gave me so many ideas for like, for like new tools and new software. That's kind of one of the things I'm passionate about. So it's really nice to, to have. Yeah. Mike, that was, that was a great question to ask because after I spoke to Nick, I was like doing some research and then I sort of poked around on his GitHub and looked at his website and I was like thinking about it. And I, I listened to a few different podcasts, but one of my favorites is how I built this uh, on PBS. And so there's a common theme that I see with, with, with some of these people. And I think this is just a, a small blurb in, in your greater future. And I think there's, um, you know, there's a lot of takeaways that you can go through this, but it's just, it'll be exciting to see where you go from this and, and, and what, what you'll do next. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, like, I'm really grateful because I came out of this with a few more Twitter followers. And now I feel a lot more confident, you know, about putting my own voice out there. And, like, obviously, I'm, I'm very young still, and I have a lot to learn. And I, like, you know, I would like to keep learning and, like, you know, hopefully use this platform to keep connecting with engineers and keep asking questions. Um, but also, you know, it's given me the confidence to have my own voice, put my own analysis out there, and, like, just confidence in in working on future projects and like the the personal motivation that this has given me it's night and day and that's like you know just like a personal like you know paradigm shift for me if you went back in time is there anything you would do differently and specifically is there anything you would do differently about how you leveraged heroku or or the google maps apis in this experience so i've thought a lot about this and like the answer is Absolutely not. You know, maybe there were better engineering decisions that I could have made. I know there, there were better engineering decisions I could have made. I could have written the code to be a lot more robust in many ways. And like, you know, I, I put a lot of time and thinking into like the security of it in terms of like making sure that my API keys did not, you know, get leaked or if they potentially did regenerating them and like, you know, that whole kind of thing. But like the story of it where, you know, I, it was like a scrappy release and I had to kind of deal with it on the fly is like one of the one of the things that like you know made people kind of interested in this app and like you know I learned so much and like who knows what the case would be now if any single one of those things had happened differently it was like a confluence of timing and luck and everything you know I would not trade that experience for anything it was like the most intense stressful like transformative thing that has ever happened to me and I'm like I'm so grateful for it you know like well, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Nick. Thank you so much for creating this amazing app. And thank you for trusting Heroku with uh, the infrastructure for your app. We're, we're truly grateful. Thank you all for taking me under your wing like this and like all the support. It's just been incredible. Nick, we're all going to be working for you someday. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, thank you again. I appreciate you taking some time out of your your busy schedule to be on this podcast. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you soon. 
yeah, anytime. And I'm, I'm really excited for the future. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts.